hold your Bible up and say the word of the, what do we say? The word is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Amen. Tell the person next to you, it's so simple. Continue to uh, pray for pastors uh, Bill and Pam. Uh, they're on vacation in uh, Florida for a few days, so uh, we know they love being down there. I know they're having a great time. And uh, we also want to uh, pray for, if you would, pray for um, Holly Long's uh, brother. He's 23. His name is Terry. He's in um, the ICU in Indianapolis. And uh, uh, the doctor's report over his life is not a good one. And uh, everyone in the situation is believing that Terry's going to live and not die. Amen. So if you think, if you think of Terry, his last name's Markham, Terry Markham, a uh, young man with a bright future. And so uh, believing that he's going to fulfill God's plan for his life. Amen. Isn't that an awesome song that we just sang? Yeah. Love that song. The uh, book of Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 says, The Lord formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. I just think it's awesome to think that uh, the breath that we have in our lungs came from our heavenly Father. Amen? It's awesome. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much, and we thank you for the freedom that we have to uh, assemble and be together this morning. We thank you. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place this morning. Father, I thank you for your word, that it's powerful, that it's a, it's a powerful seed, Father God. We open up our hearts and minds to receive from you this morning. We receive your word and faith this morning, Father God. Lord, I yield myself to you this morning. Uh, ask you to speak through me in a powerful way. I yield myself to you, Holy Spirit ask you to use me in Jesus precious name everybody said Amen. So good to see all of you. Um, I assume that you're like me, that, um, you know, the, the word of God through our pastors uh, has been such an encouragement to you as it has been to us for many, many years. And uh, really, we've built our life on the word uh, that, that they've shared. And, uh, and so I would just assume they'd be here this morning, <laughs> but they're not. Okay. So amen. So get your faith up. Turn to your neighbor, say, get your faith up. Hey, I think oftentimes it's the, uh, you know, a lot of times that it's the faith of the people and the expectation of the people that really uh, will have a, a huge impact on the effectiveness of the word being shared. Amen. It's very important that when we get together, that we don't just come expecting church as usual, that, but we get together with some expectation in our heart. Amen. And our hearts and are, are open. Our minds are open to receive that God, what God has for us. If we're here, we might as well get maximum impact. Amen. Amen. The Lord is good. And uh, winter's on the way, in case y'all haven't read AccuWeather, right? Read uh, Chad's blog on WLFI this morning, and negative uh, 15 or something like that Tuesday. Maybe that was uh, real field temperature, negative 5, negative 15. So, hey, book of Proverbs, chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 18 says, The path of the just is like the shining sun. It shines ever brighter onto a perfect day. So this morning, we're just going to pretend it's a bright, shining any day outside. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, every four years, the, um, well, no, I have a funny story. Okay. If y'all are wondering uh, what you look like when you eat nothing but popcorn, uh, um, what else did I eat? Ice cream 
and cookies and cinnamon gummy bears, thanks to you, they're in my stocking, for two weeks straight, eat nothing. This is what your face looks like when you eat nothing but, but that for two weeks straight. So I'm just glad that 2015 is here so I can stop eating all the junk that we ate over Christmas. So, amen. Every, uh, every four years, the, uh, the world's attention turns to the uh, Summer Olympic Games. And um, watching uh, the Summer Olympics these days, it's almost hard to remember a time when uh, that people said it was impossible to run a four-minute mile. And all the experts um, said it was impossible. And uh, they called it the four-minute barrier. And uh, barrier should be in, in quotation marks. Because it was impossible until May 6, 1954, at the Helsinki Olympics, uh, a young man named Roger Bannister came along, and uh, he refused to believe the opinions of the experts that it was impossible for a human being to run that far that fast. And... Um, he, uh, he became the first person to do it on May 6, 1954, uh, and ever since they had been measuring uh, the mile um, and uh, looked it up yesterday, and sometime in the 1800s, they started measuring you know, how fast people could run the mile, and uh, ever since they had done that, no one had ever run a mile in faster than four minutes until May 6, 1954, and Roger Bannister said, it's not impossible, and I'm going to do it, and he did it. And uh, here's what's amazing. Within 46 days, another person broke the barrier. And within a decade, 336 other people also broke the barrier. Because the truth is, it wasn't actually a barrier. It was only something that existed in the hearts and minds of people who had never done it and thought that it couldn't be done. Amen? It's so important when you and I look at our lives and we look at the, our future and we look at who we are and we look at our identity that we don't allow the opinions of other people to define who we are and that we don't allow our past mistakes to define who we are, that we don't allow our past failures to define who we are, that we don't allow our, the negative parts of our family tree to define who we are. Who's the guy who does redneck? I just thought of a joke. You might be a redneck. Jeff Foxworthy said, said, you might be a redneck if your family tree is a straight line. <laughs> it's so important that when we think about uh, who we are, and, and then we, we get a picture of who we've been created to be, that we don't allow the negative aspects of our family tree, even if it's straight, to define who we are and, and the uh, potential that God has put inside of us. Amen? Two places that we have to grab a hold of our identity, of who we really are and who we've been created to be, the first place is God's Word. That's the only reliable source to find an accurate and clear picture of who we really are and who we've been created to be. And the second place is the leading of the Holy Spirit. Amen? I think the most amazing example um, in the Bible of a young man who had a very, um, who had, who had his identity completely transformed in a very short period of time um, was Gideon. And uh, it's in the book of Judges, chapter 6. 
Judges chapter 6, verse 6 says, Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. And then verse 11 says, The angel of the Lord came, and he sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizarite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, and he said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Turn to the person next to you and say, You're mighty. The first word of the Lord to this young man, he said, You're a mighty man of valor. And now Gideon's response, his first response to the angel of the Lord was, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about? Saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us. Boy, if there's one thing you don't want to accuse God of is forsaking you. Amen? <laughs> but he did. He said, But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. God showed up and he had a powerful word for this young man. People all across the region, all across their nation were crying out for help to the Lord. And uh, uh, God's answer when people cry out for help is a word. Amen. He'll bring a word. He'll bring a timely word for you and for me um, that will take us from where we're at to where God wants to take us. And so God delivered a word and he delivered it to a person. And uh, it was Gideon. And, and so God shows up. The first thing he says is the Lord is with you. You mighty man of valor. And um, Gideon's first response is to describe, you know, just out of his, all the negative and stuff going on in the area. The negative circumstances and situations. If God is with us, can you please explain why all, everything is you know, he just describes all the negative that's, that's going on. And he, and he starts, what about all the miracles our fathers told us about? You know, what about all the, the good things that I've heard about? I don't see any of that happening. And here's the Lord's response to Gideon. The Lord turned to Gideon and he said to him, go in this might of yours <laughs> and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? There's, there's no history of Gideon's life here. Uh, there's no indication as to why he had such a negative self-perception. And, 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 and there's no indication as to why he looked at himself the way he did. But look at the next verse. So Gideon said to him, he said, Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest, or my family is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. There's no history on Gideon, so we, we can't look back and see, why did he have such a negative self-perception? Was it the way his siblings treated him? Uh, did his, did his uh, parents, you know, proclaim negative words over his life? Was it his first or second grade teacher? Did kids pick on, on him at recess? Why did he have such a negative perception of himself? Uh, uh, did he have some failings early, you know, early on that he was, uh, you know, tying a lasso around those failures? And, and, and you know, he, why did he have such a negative uh, self-perception? There's no indication or history as to why he did. But here's the truth of, of what happened in Gideon's life, his negative view of himself was completely inaccurate. 
it was not an accurate view of who he really is. He may have had some things happen early in his life that contributed to the way he looked at himself. Because he, you know, by saying, my family is the weakest in the area and I'm the least in my father's house, you could put a whole list of things under that based on what he was saying. We have no money, we have no education, have no job, our pets' heads are falling off, right? <laughs> There's a whole list of things you could put under that on what he was really saying, right? Um, but it wasn't the truth. It wasn't his true identity. And here's how the Lord responds. The Lord said to him, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Then Gideon said to the Lord, if now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who talk to me. Verse 22, now Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. And Gideon, uh, so Gideon said, alas, O Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Then the Lord said to Gideon, peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. God has called you and I to do great things. Amen. He can do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask, think, or imagine. But one thing's for sure. We've got to see ourselves the way he has made us. Amen. We've got to see ourselves for who he has made us to be. And we cannot look at our lives through the prism of the opinions of other people. Or we can't look at our lives based on our past mistakes. Those mistakes may have been yesterday. We can't base uh, our opinion of ourselves based on the negative parts of our family tree. Amen. We've got to see ourselves the way God has made us and we've got to get our identity and, and recognize that the true core of who we are comes from him. Amen. And only when we get our true identity from him will it allow us to maximize the potential of who he's put in us and what, what, what he's put in us. Amen. And uh, this young man it's amazing because he had this incredibly negative self-perception, per right? He saw his family as the least. He saw himself as the least in his family. Three statements from God, three words from the Lord to this young man, and it completely, he internalized what God said. He believed what God said, right? And then he ran, a little later on in the story there in Judges chapter 6, he says, okay, this is the word of the Lord. And I, I'm paraphrasing, I'm going to believe it and I'm going to do it. Amen. And uh, a little bit later on in Judges, you, you see what God did in his life. It's amazing because um, Judges chapter 7, verse 18, um, he was going against a huge army and uh, a bunch of people. Uh, he had the boldness. To, to step out once God gave him that word and he began to see himself the way God saw him and not for his past mistakes, not through the opinions of other people, but he began to see himself the way that God really saw him. And there was an immediate miraculous transformation that took place in his heart and in his mind. And so he immediately that evening, he got some guys together. They went out. They secretly grabbed the uh, ungodly idols. Uh, they, they made a sacrifice. They, they, they took a, a young bull from his father's um, uh, herd. They, they made a, a fire. They put these idols on this fire. They sacrificed to the Lord. They obeyed what God did. Them, told, he obeyed what God told them to do he immediately. He, it's like when God spoke this word to him, 
something began to change on the inside of him, and he began to see himself for the man that God had called him to be. Amen? You and I this morning, God has called us to do some things. Amen? And it's so important that when we look at ourselves and look at the potential that God has put in us, that we see ourselves the way God sees us. Amen? Not through the opinions of other people, that we don't see ourselves based on our past mistakes, that we don't see ourselves based on perceived barriers. Amen? There are no barriers unless they exist in your mind. Amen? So a little bit later on in Judges chapter 7, verse 18, he's whittled his army down to 300. Purdue's looking good. 2-0 in the Big Ten. Three-pointer, right? He whittled his army down to 300 and uh, going against thousands. But uh, God said, I want to get all the glory for this victory. So we're going we're gonna to whittle it down to 300. And so... Um, they go to battle in Judges chapter 7, verse 18. He said, when I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me, he's speaking to the hundred, they divided into three groups of a hundred each. When I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me, then you also blow the trumpet on every side of the whole camp. And you say this, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred, hundred men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just as they had posted the watch, and they blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers that were in their hands. Then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers. They held the torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hand for blowing and they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Every man stood in his place all around the camp, and the whole army ran and cried out and fled. When the 300 blew the trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp, and the army fled to Beth Acacia towards Zerara as far as the border of Abel Mahola by Tabith. Now look at what happened down in uh, Judges 8 verse 10. For 120,000 men who drew the sword had fallen. This young man who had such a negative self-perception, one word from God for him, this brief encounter, this powerful, concise word that God had for him, transformed the way he thought about himself. And he gathered up a band of th the original 300, gathered up a ba Hollywood stole it, gathered up a band of 300, and they took down 120,000 enemy soldiers. It's amazing. Amen. <clears throat> it's so important that uh, you and I see ourselves the way that God sees us. Amen? That we see ourselves through the truth of God's word for who he has made us and uh, not through the opinions of other people, not through our past mistakes. The truth of God's word about you and about me will change us and take us to heights that we only could have dreamed of. Amen? It's true this morning. And uh, when you and I see ourselves for who God has made us without the self-imposed barriers in our mind that have held us captive, then uh, we're going to allow God to do more in our lives than he ever could have done before. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I want to talk just for a second about past mistakes because uh, we all have certainly uh, made past mistakes, and the older that we are, the more that we've made, and uh, past mistakes or current mistakes, but uh, mistakes can be one of two things in our life, and uh, I believe it's the way we look at the mistakes will determine their impact on our life. 
we can make one of two choices. We can either allow our mistakes to be a hitching post that forever define us, that create this false barrier that we seemingly can never move beyond, or we can look at a past mistake the way that God would have us to look at it and allow it to be a launching pad and learn from it, get wisdom from it, not allow it to define us in a negative way, but get uh, 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 learn from it, get his wisdom from the situation, and then allow it to be a launching pad that God can propel us forward. Amen? Everybody say, the Lord is good, Lord is good. in my life this morning. It's so important that uh, we see mistakes as an event, uh, that we don't see mistakes as a person, that we don't see mistakes as who you are on the inside, but a mistake and things in the past are things that happened, but they don't have to define who we are unless we allow them to define who we are. Amen. Other people will certainly try to put barriers in our life and have opinions of us because of our past mistakes. Who cares about the opinions of other people? Those things can only hold us back if we allow them to hold us back. Amen? In Gideon, Gideon's life, perhaps when they had Christmas get well, they wouldn't have had Christmas. Perhaps when they had family get-togethers, Right? Perhaps when they had family get-togethers and celebrations as a family, maybe they all sat around and rehearsed how, how, you know, maybe they were the wrong color. Maybe they had lack of education. Maybe they didn't have, maybe no one in their family had ever earned this much money. Maybe uh, their family had tried several business ventures and failed time and time again. Right, And they just rehearse those things over and over again. So then when the angel of the Lord shows up, and he's got this powerful, transforming, life-transforming word for Gideon, the first thing that comes out of his mouth is, blah, right? Evidently, his family had been re- rehearsing that because that's what was in his heart. That's what was in his mind. But it wasn't the truth of who God had made him. Amen? And I think it's awesome because, um, you know, That was a specific word for that young man for that season. God showed up and he said, you're a mighty man of valor. God needed a warrior to lead a band of warriors to execute uh, a military victory, right? You and I may be here this morning and we're not called to be, we're not called to execute military victories, right? But uh, maybe you are. But whatever you're called to do, just insert your name. Amen? You are mighty. Amen? If you are called to be a mom, you're a mighty mom. Be the best mom the community of Lafayette has ever seen. Amen? Um, One of the most... um, uh, the coolest things, uh, the company that I work for, uh, it seems like such a simple concept, and they've been uh, doing this for a long time, and uh, for about 20 years, and uh, for every position uh, in, in the company, in the bank, they have, a, uh, uh, they, they have identified specific personality profiles that excel at that given job. And so uh, the first step in the employment process is you take a personality, uh, a predictive index, they call it, and uh, you can try to fake the predictive index and 
or you can, you can, that's not really what I meant to say. You can't fake it. <laughs> the truth comes out, but you can fake, fake it in an interview. But the, per, what the predictive index shows is that three, four, five, six years down the road, the, it's, it's, this is your core personality. And, and, uh, and really they don't, our president is very insightful, so I think he does realize this, but it's really, it's allowing people to fulfill their calling in life and to find fulfillment at what they're gifted to do, right? And so for every position in the bank, it's, it's got a different personality uh, predictive index or personality profile that you have to be in order to even qualify to be in that position. And so uh, you go in marketing. I mean, that place is alive. They all have a very similar personality. Their cubicles are bright, and there's pictures, and there's music, and that place is happening in the marketing department. You go in the accounting department, and I am not kidding you. If you take a tour of the corporate center, and you go from department to department, you'll see these, because they've been doing this for a long time. And so each department has certain personalities that are in that department. And so accounting, the walls are gray. The cubicles are gray. No one is smiling. They're not laughing. There's no music playing. And they're all having a great time. They're completely fulfilled, very content. They love being in accounting, right? Obviously, I'm not called to be in accounting. And neither is Chris. <laughs> right? So for each of us, God has deposited these predictive indexes in us. He's given us these specific talents, gifts, abilities that other people do not have. He's put those things inside of you. Amen? He's put those giftings, those talents, those abilities inside of you. You can do things other people cannot do. If you want to host a party, wow, Luann really off the charts hosting a party. It's amazing. She is like no one I've ever seen. And anyone who's been to an event that Luann is in charge of, you can, you can verify. It's like she's incredibly gifted by God. It's like I was in that we had a, um, how old am I? Rapidly progressing out of the current age group into the next one, but I'm still in this one. So whatever it was, married life. So we're at a party at uh, this Christmas party at Luann's house. And I was in the living room. It's like, I know what it's supposed to look like when it's done, but I cannot get from like here to like, and then put it together to make it look like that. And I'm just looking at her window, like the way she had decorated and hung these lights. And I was just like, Luann, that is perfect. It's like, how do you do that? Well, God has put that inside of her. Amen? Um, we, each of you have gifts, talents, and abilities that God has put inside of you. Now it's up to you and I to believe what he said about us, pursue his calling for our life, and get after it. Refuse to believe the negative opinions of other people. Refuse to allow past mistakes to hinder us fulfilling that calling on our life. Amen? The thing that he's called us to do, let's get about the Father's business and do it. Amen? And uh, if you're called to be an accountant, paint your walls gray and be the best accountant <laughs> on the planet. Amen? Hallelujah. Uh, Henry Ford, who, uh, of course, started Ford Motor Company, which I think it's amazing that, you know, 
still around over a hundred years later, he said this. He said, if you can believe that you can do a thing or you believe that you cannot, in either case, you're probably right. So many times in life, I think that people are limited only by their perception of themselves. Amen. Perhaps many people are living at a level that's far below the potential that God has put in them. They've created barriers in their mind that have kept them from breaking free and being the men and women they were created to be. Today, I believe that the, the word of the Lord for us today is that... Uh, 2015 is going to be a great year for us. Amen. Every day is a choice. Every month is a choice. Every year is a choice. We get to decide what type of, of day we have because it's a choice. Amen. On the way to school every day, I've got the little ones with me and I say, it's going to be a great day, guys. They, I say, how do we know? And they say, because it's a choice, right? We've rehearsed it enough times. It's like, you know, there, people are going to come along and, 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 uh, try to derail our dreams. People will come along and, and treat us wrong. There'll, there'll be all types of things happen. Um, uh, we'll make a plan, and the plan is not going to uh, come to pass like we had hoped it would. <clears throat> There'll be some negative things come against us in 2015, but how we look at those things is going to determine how the situation turns out. Amen? It's really up to us. It's, it's a choice. Every day is a choice. Every week is a choice. And uh, we could be an awesome testimony in this community just by having the most positive attitudes that other people ever see. Amen? And so I believe the word of the Lord this morning, he would encourage us to not allow past failures to create false ceilings in our lives, to not allow the opinions of other people or the negative words that people have spoken over us in the past, not allow those words to hold us captive, to prevent us from moving forward. I believe that the Lord would speak to us this morning and say that uh, we cannot allow fear of failure to hinder us from stepping out. Amen. The devil will continue to try to hinder us. He is the accuser. He's not a cheerleader. The book of uh, Revelation, chapter 12, verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength, the kingdom of our God, the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before God day and night, has been cast down. The devil is the accuser. He's going to continue to remind you and remind me of why we can't do something. That's what he does. Wake up in the morning. He's going to try to convince you. You failed before. You'll fail again. He'll try to remind you of the uh, weird parts of your family tree and say you never went past this and you're not going to go past that either. Amen. That's what he does. He's the accuser. So it's so important that you and I shut his negative condemning voice out of our head, get his thoughts out of our head, look to the word of God and allow the truth of God's word to define who we are. Amen. That we get our identity in Christ, that we get our identity in the truth of God's word. <clears throat> the book of uh, uh, Matthew chapter 7 Verse 24 through 27. Jesus said, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall. 
for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine does not do them. He'll be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, it beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. You know, the Lord had a specific word for Gideon because he had a specific thing for Gideon to do. God has specific rhema, revelation, word for you and I. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. In the old covenant, before Jesus came, before the Holy Spirit was poured out, if God was going to speak, he spoke in, in a variety of ways. But, but in Gideon's instance, he spoke through an angel, right? And um, I'm thankful today that we don't have to wait for an angel to speak to us, right? The Holy Spirit has been poured out, and so you and I, every day, we can spend time with the Lord, get in the Word, find out our true identity of who, he's, who He has made us to be, and then get specific instructions from the Holy Spirit that will allow us to see His plan manifest in our life. Amen? Amen. So it's so important. Two, two sources, and uh, we'll conclude in a couple of minutes with this, but two sources... Of, of who we've been created to be. Number one, the Word. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. I thought that was you getting up. I was going to say, we're not, not yeah, getting it. We're close. <laughs> Genesis 1, 26 and 27 says, we've been created in the image of God. And He's given us dominion. Amen. So when you and I look in the mirror in the morning, we've got to see someone who is made in the image of of Almighty God, and He breathed His life, His breath, into our lungs. It's an awesome thought, amen. Galatians 2.20, the Apostle Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. And then Romans 8.16 says, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Amen. You are very valuable this morning. You're valuable. Amen? Amen? You and I are valuable. We're children of the creator of the universe. Amen? You're a child of God this morning. You're very valuable. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And then Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 in the New Living Testament says, All glory to God who is able through His mighty work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Amen. And Romans chapter 5, verse 17 says, For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, meaning Adam, much more, those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Amen. You and I have the winner on the inside of us, and we have been created to reign in life. Amen. And uh, your past mistakes and your past failures can only limit you if you allow them to. Amen? We can learn from those things, get wisdom from those things, boneheaded things that we've done, and get wisdom from them and allow them to propel us forward. 
through the truth of God's word. The second source of finding our identity is the leading of the Holy Spirit. And uh, John 16, verses, uh, verse 7 and 13 John 16, verse 7, I think it's amazing because Jesus said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. He was talking to his disciples, and you had a group of men here that had left their families, left their homes, left their businesses. They were traveling with Jesus in ministry. They'd left everything to follow him. Everywhere that Jesus went, amazing things happened. And so, and now Jesus is telling them, it's to your advantage that I go away. How could that possibly be? <laughs> they had to be thinking, what? It's to my advantage. How can that be? He said, for if I do not go away, the helper or the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Verse 13, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, he will take of mine and declare it to you. I think it's an amazing promise that Jesus said, you draw near to me and I will draw near to you. He said, if you, if you knock... I will open the door. If you seek me, you will find me. He said, God, he said, all things that the Father has are mine. And then he said, the Holy Spirit, he'll take what is mine and declare it to you. He will guide you into all truth. What is the truth? The truth is who you've been created to be. Amen. The truth is how God sees you. For the amazing potential that's on the inside of you. Amen? He doesn't see us based on lack of whatever. Amen? And if we'll just eliminate distractions in our life and spend time in the Word and hear the Holy Spirit, He'll have time to reveal God's truth to us. So every day we can have a fresh word. We don't have to wait for the angel of the Lord to show up. He's available to us if we just seek him and spend time with him and eliminate distractions from life and, and really set some time apart to, to be in his word and to hear his voice and allow him over time to transform our lives so we can see ourselves the way he's made us. Amen? I think it's really important that we, we eliminate distractions. There's so many distractions right? And uh, here's one of them. Where'd that beautiful thing go? There it is. iPhone 6 Plus. <laughs> Behold, the giant phone. Don't need a TV. Got my phone, right? No. All these distractions, right? And uh, so it's just important that, that we're sensitive every day to uh, quickly eliminate if we recognize things are becoming a distraction for us that could potentially hinder our development and, and what God has called us to do and become uh, in order to fulfill his ultimate calling on our life to maximize these individual gifts and talents and abilities that he's put inside of us. If we recognize distractions, 
it's critical that we eliminate those distractions. Amen. Uh, a few months of, ago, uh, many of you know the, uh, the testimony, but I, I can't remember if it was Pastor Bill who was sharing, but I just felt to uh, delete Facebook off of my phone. And so, you know, not that it was a huge distraction, but every time I had a spare minute, I was, you know, oh, what's on Facebook? Yeah. Oh, he, oh he's trashing that awesome Christian person. Thanks so much. So it had become a distraction. And so I, I just, I deleted it. Right. And, and, and so then I deleted Instagram and then I deleted Twitter and I did because I was finding that I was spending all my spare moments looking at that phone, right. Instead of living in the present and, uh, uh, being, uh, sensitive to what the, the Lord might be speaking to me. I was, I was not giving him an opportunity because all those spare moments where God want to speak to me, I was, you know, glued to that phone. And then, you know, we started, um, okay, if you have a problem with poker, I'm sorry, don't let this uh, be a hindrance uh, to this word this morning. <laughs> but uh, her father introduced me to this online poker. So anyway, it's not with real money. It's fake money. All right. But anyway, so, uh, I had about a year ago, right. I was uh, playing this Texas Hold'em on my phone and, uh, I started, uh, felt like I was doing it too much. And so whoop, just deleted it. Right. Well, Christmas break started two weeks ago and, and along with eating popcorn and, and, uh, everything else I could find, I was like, uh, Oh, I'll, I'll just play one hand of poker. Right. Well, Yesterday morning, you know, just or two days ago, two days ago, realized, you know what? Every spare minute I have now, I'm like, oh, I can get a quick hand of poker in, right? So I said, hey, kids, deleting poker off the phone. Boom, it's gone. So it's just very important that we are sensitive uh, to eliminate distractions from our life, little things like that, that can become big things as the Holy Spirit prompts us. Amen? So that we can stay uh, uh, sensitive uh, on an ongoing basis so that we won't have to wait for the angel of the Lord to show up at the foot of our bed for God's word uh, for us for that day, for that week, for that month. But we'll be sensitive to hear his voice because we've eliminated distractions. Amen? Felt like the Lord had shared with me a couple years ago, and then he reminded me yesterday that you and I can accomplish more in an instant at the leading of the Holy Spirit than we can in a lifetime of being led by circumstances, emotions, fear, or the opinions of other people. And uh, Gideon was an amazing example because just, he, they were, one word from the Lord transformed this young man, and he was quickly... Uh, allowed himself to be promoted to a military general almost overnight because of the word of the Lord. And then he listened to the word of the Lord for his instructions to carry out the plan of attack. And how long would it have taken 300 men to uh, uh, devise plans and accumulate supplies and do all the different things that they would have had to do to defeat 120,000? would have taken years and years and years, right, of training and preparation and, 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 and supply gathering and all these. But God gave them a plan, and the Holy Spirit accomplished it very quickly. If we'll just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, get his ideas, his leading, balance it with the Scripture that by faith and patience 
We imitate, we imitate those who receive God's promises by faith and patience, but always with an expectation that God can do it today. Amen? God can promote us 10 years down the road. He can promote us 20 years down the road. Your, your mortgage that has 27 years left on it, God can pay that thing off in a day with an idea. Amen? You're in an apartment. You've been in an apartment forever, and you're believing to be in a house. God can get you in a house in a day. Amen? You've been struggling with a destructive habit for years. God can do it in a day. Amen? How are you doing, sister? I can't see it. I don't have my glasses on. Okay. We got your phone? Follow our brother in the orange shirt, and we will find that phone. Everybody say, phone. phone. Come back. Come back. <laughs> Amen. That's a big deal. If I lost my phone, I'd be. I'm not addicted to my phone, but I need it, right? <laughs> what in the world was I saying? <laughs> Amen. Gideon. <laughs> We're going to conclude with this. Uh, Jesus did the same thing. We see, him, we see him do what should have taken months or years to accomplish. The people obeyed the word of the Lord, and Jesus did an amazing thing in a very short period of time. His first miracle in John chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, they fill up these huge water pots, uh, 60 or 65 gallons apiece. They fill them up. They had run out of wine. They fill them up with water, and uh, we, don't, we don't drink, um, so I don't know a lot about alcohol, <laughs> but... Um, but supposedly, according to Mr. Google, it would take like six months to make okay wine and maybe five years to make really good wine. Well, Jesus did it like in an instant. Amen. So listening to the word, being attentive and sensitive to the Holy Spirit, we can see ourselves promoted much quicker than circumstances say we should be promoted. Amen. And uh, so I just want to encourage you today, remove self-imposed barriers, Removed, remove self-imposed limitations. Amen. God can do about four or five years ago. I felt like the Lord showed me in my journal. He said, I will take you as high and as far as you can believe me to go. Amen. And then that promise that we just read a little bit ago, I can do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, think, or imagine. Amen? We have his breath in our lungs. We can do great things if we'll just be attentive to his word and listen to his Holy Spirit. I want to show a short video this morning, and we'll conclude with it. The book of 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9 says, The eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Amen. In this video, you're going to see a couple. Uh, they're part of uh, Lakewood Church in Houston, Joel Osteen's church. And I was uh, reading one of Joel's book uh, this weekend, uh, one of his books this weekend. And uh, he told a story of this couple that uh, they left uh, Houston. They felt called to go to Botswana and uh, to, to pioneer a work there, uh, ministering to orphans. And, uh, and so they left 25 years ago, and, and they've been believing
um, as the ministry has grown, they've been doing some different things. The next thing on their heart is to build this $5 million facility, this $5 million ministry facility to be able to minister to people. And uh, $5 million uh, could be a, a good chunk of money in the U.S. And in, in Botswana, it's, it's, a, it's a very, as you can imagine, you know, it would seemingly be a big barrier of how they could do that years and years and years uh, before they could save that amount of money uh, to be able to build that kind of facility. Um, there was a German businessman visited Botswana, and I'm relaying the story that I read in the book, but a German businessman visited Botswana and uh, just got a real heart for the country. And so he Googled Botswana um, orphans, and uh, the first thing that came up was, was uh, the name of their ministry is uh, Botswana Love Botswana out, Outreach. And so the first thing that comes up is the name of their ministry. And so he contacts them, and he said, I'd like to plant, uh, uh, plant. I don't know if he called it a seed, but I'd like to plant some money into your ministry. And so he sent them a check for uh, like $3,000. And uh, he said, thank you uh, so much. And then um, a short time later, he contacted them again. He said, I want to give you $20,000. And so um, he sent them a check for $20,000. Then a short time later, he said, I'd like to come visit your, your facility, your ministry. So this German businessman, who they did not know personally, came to visit them. And uh, he was staying about 20 miles away at a... Uh, a resort where uh, you and I could go and stay and go on a safari and see giraffes and elephants. So he was staying at that at that resort, and uh, the man went to pick him up. The leader of the ministry uh, went to pick him up, and uh, when he was there, the owner of the resort said, "Hey, I think I'm. Uh, I, I think this facility would be perfect for your ministry, and it's for sale." And uh, the missionary's response was. Um, we don't, you know, we're not at a place right now where we could afford to purchase uh, this facility. The, uh, the German businessman overheard the, overheard the conversation and uh, wrote a check, and uh, they, were, they purchased that facility. We're going to watch a short video uh, on their, the history of their ministry, and, um, but they still didn't have their, their big facility, the $5 million building. And so he contacted them a short time later and said, what do you want to do? They said, we want to build this building. And he wrote them a check for $5 million, and they built the building. And so that's the couple that uh, we're going to see on, on this video. Five years ago, a couple said yes to being vessels for God's great love plan for the Northwest District of Botswana. They left their homeland with nothing but God's vision planted in their hearts and a willingness to bring the hands and feet for God's plan to unfold. I got to the place in my life I thought there must be more than just living for myself. And this set me on a great quest to uh, see if I could make my life count for something more. And uh, I met Jana and we both had an incredible encounter with the Lord and uh, that brought us to Africa. When we came to Botswana, uh, we were out in tent camping and just sharing the gospel with little groups of people uh, in very remote areas. We didn't have much to work with, but we just said, let's do what we can with what we have. 
And then we thought, what can we do to leave a lasting legacy? I remember going out in the full moon of the Kalahari and uh, just literally reaching down into the soil of, of, of the, the ground and speaking to that soil and saying, in the name of Jesus, I command these buildings to come forth. And so everything that you see really came by faith. had some wonderful people that partnered with us and we started a Christian school. The name was Land Christian Academy. And through the school, we began to see something that would remain in the country and that would go on and live past us. Ten years later, we added high school and named the school Okavango International School. And so the school's been going for over 20 years and we've seen hundreds of young people come through the school and emerge as leaders within this country. time we drafted our papers for Love Botswana and got registered in the country, one of our visions on that original document was media, to have an opportunity to broadcast the gospel in different languages. So Studio 7 was birthed as a result of that. I heard a voice inside of me from the heart of God that said, Jana, I count the stars. I call each one by name. And I want you to help rescue babies. So Lorato House was birthed through that experience that I had with God. And today we have 14 babies that we take care of 24-7, a dedicated, wonderful staff. And we can take up to 74 as God gives us the capacity to be able to take that many. In 1991, we partnered with Teen Mania, a wonderful organization that sends teenagers all around the world. Over 15 years, uh, there were over 3,000 young people that came through Love Botswana and served in, in Maun and in the remote areas of the north of Botswana. And today, there are churches planted from those trips. The next thing we saw happen was we started Love Botswana Bible Institute. We began to see leaders beginning to rise up from those remote areas where, where we would do evangelism and there would be little house groups started and little churches started. So through that time, we began to see leaders come up and they needed training. We wanted them to be trained right in Maun where they could go right back and make a difference in their communities. 18 years now that fire by night, every Friday night, young people gather. What started as a small group of young people now has grown to over anywhere from 150 up to 300, depending on the time of year. Students that come and they have fun, wholesome recreation. They have a blast. Their lives are impacted for eternity. They're making a difference with their lives in their schools. They're not all just from our school. They're from all the schools in the community. It's not about buildings. Buildings make it happen for people. We've been meeting under trees. We've been meeting in tents for years, doing these programs. But now we have a home. We have a home for all of the programs that have risen up through the years through Love Botswana. The Life Center is a multi-purpose facility. It caters for everyone in the community. 25 years, you can imagine, we've had a lot of hardships. It uh, hasn't always been easy, but I'd have to say it's always been worth it. Perseverance has paid off. It's paid off, but we're still persevering, and we're excited to see this thing through till Jesus comes. Everything that you see about Love What's Wanted today has a miracle story behind it, and really, there's no fingerprints of man on it. It's the fingerprints of God.
Hallelujah. Let's all stand up this morning. God has a dream for you and I, amen. He's got great things for us. And we've got to see ourselves the way he sees us this morning. Amen. And all throughout 2015. Let's all bow our heads for just a moment this morning. All across the room uh, here today, if you're here and uh, you say, my life is not right. And uh, maybe you've allowed some things into your life that you know are not God's best for you. And uh, you recognize that those things are holding you back from uh, moving forward, seemingly moving forward with what God has for you. Then uh, today is the day uh, for you. And uh, you're here for a, for a purpose. You're here for a reason. And um, we can get it turned around today. So all across the room uh, this morning, if you're here, you say, my life is not right but uh, I'd like to get right this morning. Could you slip your hand up in, in the air this morning? And we want to pray with you and um, just allow the Lord's grace and forgiveness and love to lift every burden and care off of our life. And Anybody here this morning? Let's all pray this prayer together. Say, Father God, thank you so much for Jesus. I have sinned. I've made mistakes, but this morning, I want to live for you. Thank you, Father. You've given me victory in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and his gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus, and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.